Here's what Paul writes concerning Jesus to the church in Philippi. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven and of those on earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. To the God of revival. Father God, we pray that you'll continue to pour out revival across the lands. First of all, Father, pour out revival in our own hearts. Pour out your revival in our hearts that changes us. That takes that heart of, of stone. That heart that has been hardened. Will you soften our heart to your good news so that we can take revival everywhere that we go. Revival isn't just for inside these four walls. See, revival is for the church. And Father God, your word declares that we are the church. So will you pour out your revival on us so that we can take it to a to a world that needs to hear about your love and your compassion, your grace and your mercy and your peace. Father God, we've, we've read about revivals. We've heard about revivals throughout the lands. But we desire with a godly desire for a revival to happen right here. Will you show yourself strong? Will you show yourself amazing? Will you step in and change lives that seem that couldn't be changed? Will you step in and you change hearts where the situation seemed tough, too tough for that heart to change? Will you pour yourself out? And we promise to do what Paul commanded the church of Philippi to do. To bow our knee. To raise our hands. To confess with our mouth. To the glory of the God of revival. That Jesus Christ is Lord. We desire it for our church. We desire it for our family. We desire it for our neighborhoods and our communities. Father God, this nation needs a revival. And though we might be like the prophet who's hiding in a cave, thinking we're the last ones. But you would declare, why are you here? Don't you know I have people in this area that are worshiping me? People over here that are worshiping me. People over here that are worshiping me. Let us be part of that group that is not forgotten. How amazing our God is. How loving our God is. How caring our God is. But let us proclaim your goodness to a generation. As your word declares, from generation to generation. Let's start inside our own homes. 
in our neighborhoods. Father God, we we ask that you pour yourself out. Pour yourself out on your people. Pour yourself out on your people. Pour yourself out on your people. Pour yourself out on your people, God. Oh, Father, we love you. Father God, pour yourself out on your people. Pour yourself out on your people, Father. says this promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call thank you Father God thank you Father God for a glimpse of your goodness and your glory Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. You may be seated. Amen. We've had church. Is that all right? Amen. Well, this morning I'm continuing last part of the series on Go. And this one is called Go, a Great Commission Attitude. Now, uh, this, this Sunday is Go. And then for the next three weeks, Pastor Jeremiah will be here, Jeremiah Ziegler, and he'll be talking about the struggle is real. We used to say that where I used to work all the time. Uh, The struggle is real. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The struggle is real, amen. But the struggle can be less when we involve Christ, amen. So be excited for that. That'll be uh, for the next three weeks. And then end of the month, Pastor Derek will be back. Uh, That'll be May 28th, man. I hate to give away the year. Man, I waited all winter for this, right? Uh, But he'll be back uh, the end of May. And then the first week of June, mark it on your calendar. First first Sunday in June is our 23rd anniversary service. Now, the church is, this church is 50, 50 some years old. Wow, you guys are really excited. One less coffee on the way in, um, or one more, whichever one it takes. Um, 
So this church has been around for at least 50 years. Uh, Pastor Derek and Angie have been senior pastors here for 23 years. So we'll be having a celebration. We've got, uh, we're going to be playing cornhole. We've already ordered food for it. We've got uh, a jousting event that we've ordered. We've got the bungee run. We're going to play cornhole. Speaking of, Lenny, you're in charge of cornhole. I just remembered it, so I had to say it because I would forget it. Uh, we're going to have cornhole tournament. Uh, Face painting. I'm trying to find a guy, a gentleman. I've called him. He hasn't called me back. That does. This is a hard word for me. I don't know why. Character. Characters. Characters. Say it loud. Yeah, character. So I want. So the C word. It's a C word. I can't say it. I don't know why. I also can't say. Anyway. uh, So we're trying to get him in to do to do uh, to do character. Characters. I can't say it. Write it down for me or something. So we've got that going on. Should be a fun, fun time. So mark that on your, on your calendars. Uh, that'll be the first Sunday in June. Invite your friends. Great time. Uh, water balloons are not allowed inside here. And I say that every year and somehow I end up with a water balloon. So better to be safe than sorry. I'm just warning you now. So uh, we've got a lot of great things that are coming up. Of course, the youth event. Uh, movement for the young adults is, is going to be in September, so that's coming up. Can I hear young adults? What? Yeah! That's right. Uh, that's in Anaheim. Uh, so, so Mark, uh, we'll, we'll get you the dates for that as well. So a lot of fun things that are going on this summer. Amen. Summer is going to be busy. You know why? Because I've been hiding in my house for the last five months frozen. And, I, and now, I'm, now it's warm and I'm ready to have some fun. Amen. So I want to talk a little bit about a great commission attitude. See, when we have a great commission attitude, we live life differently. I was telling Insta, uh, my Insta students, and I said this sermon a couple weeks ago, listen, I, I don't want to just get up, eat breakfast, come to work, go home, watch a little TV, watch the weather, that's it. I, I, want, a, I want a bigger life than that, amen? Do you know what I'm talking about? And when you have a, when you have a great commission attitude, you live life differently. You live life with a purpose each and every day. We should be living life with a purpose, and that purpose is to extend the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Why? Because as I said last week, someone did it for you, and now you get to go to your communities, to your friends, to your neighbors, To change someone's life for Christ. Someone changed my life for Christ. And it changed my wife's life. I won't tell them the story. Is that okay? I have to watch the miniseries. And, and then it changed my children's life. And it's changing my grandchildren's life. Amen? Take that step. You don't know who... You connect with who you lead to Christ, who you speak into their life, and how it's going to affect for generation to generation to generation. Amen? So our main uh, verse is, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Why? Because he didn't leave us as orphans. Because he left, he sent us the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us in our mission. And without the Holy Spirit, you cannot fulfill the mission. Amen. You need the comforter, the counselor to guide us, to lead us into the things that God would desire us to do. I've been, I told the in-state group, it's taken me about a month and a half to get through the book of Acts. It's not that it's that long of a book, but when I see a city, I have to Google it. I want to see the ruins, and I want to, okay, oh, they were in Corinth here? Oh, let me go read a little bit in Corinth, what, what was going on there. It's taken me a long time to get through the book of Acts, and that's okay. And as I said, we're still in the book of Acts. Well, it may not be written in this, but we're still living our lives in the book of Acts. So go act. 
Go make it happen. Go change a life. Go turn the world upside down. Go do something amazing. You see, then when they went to their neighborhoods and their nations, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the outermost parts of the world, they turned the world upside down. What could you do? What could you do to turn the world upside down? And throughout Acts, we see them going into cities and changing lives. We were talking about in Instay about, you know, when the, when the pressure came on, the disciples didn't change their story. Many of them were crucified, beheaded. Crucified upside down is what Peter, they say about Peter, I wasn't there. So I don't know. I'm going off history. They didn't change their story when times got tough. That in itself tells me something happened in their life. You look at all the things that Paul went through in his life. Beaten, stoned, in prison, shipwrecked at least once, if not twice. Don't get on a ship with Paul. That guy was, he should stay on land, right? All the things that happened to him. He, they, they get on an island. He, he reaches in. A, a, a snake bites him. Pastor Marty used to say it's a two-stepper. You get bit by that, you take two steps, and that's it. Right? And then what does the guy say? Oh, man, you must have done something to tick God off. Right? You must have done something wrong. Now you're getting recompense for what you did. Paul's like, oh, stinking snake. Shakes it off and just keeps going. They're like, whoa, what's up with this guy? You know, when, the, when the going got tough, Paul didn't change his story. When he was faced with prison, with beating, with the, he didn't change his story. That's how our mission should be. When things get tough, and they're going to get tough sometimes. I've read the end of the book. They get tough. But we win, amen? amen? So when it gets tough, don't change your story. Stick to it. Continue with the mission. See, last week we talked about the mission grows our hearts for the lost. See, when you get the mission down in you, the lost become everything that you live for. That the mission deepens our community. It, it, it gets us together as we're giving to the different missionaries and missions opportunities over the next 50, 60 some weeks. Like, man, I, I got involved in this. Start talking to a friend. Oh, I got involved as well. It starts building community. What else does it do? It, it helps us begin to focus outward and not just inward. The church must be not just inward, but outward as well. We've got to go. The time is short, and we've got to go. And the mission increases our spiritual growth. Why? Because as you're giving to those, you're supporting those, you're praying for them, spending time in your Bible, and how can I pray for them? You're growing spiritually during this process as well. And you may say, well, I'm giving and they're getting, but here's what happens is they're getting gives to you as well. Because you become part of something bigger than yourself. Here's what it says in Ephesians. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. But live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Man, if they were evil days 2,000 years ago, they'd show up and watch the news and go, these people have lost their marbles. Right? Something has happened. Just in the short 30 years that I've been on the planet, life has changed. Raleigh, has life changed since you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah? Ron, life changed a little bit? Farrell, life changed? For you younger generation that have kind of grown up in this, I apologize. This is not what we grew up with, amen? We used to be better than this. Amen? 
Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. That's not just for them. That's for us. Amen? Don't act thoughtlessly. Man, somebody needs to read that. Amen? But understand what the Lord wants you to do. We're going to talk about that. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now, we all have a primary mission, the mission. But everyone gets to do it just a little differently. Everybody may do it just a, just a, a tad differently. All you military guys, and again, thank you for your service. You all probably had the same job in the military, right? Everyone did the exact same thing. No. There is a mission. And yet everyone has their own job within that. And I know in the Army, MOS, 63 Bravo, 11, blah, blah, spit out a number, right? Air Force calls it something different. You know, they, they, all these different numbers, right? But everyone had the same mission, right? We do as well. We have a mission, but within that mission, you may have a little different calling than other people do, and that's okay. Here's a definition of attitude. A mental position with regard to a fact or state, a helpful attitude, a bodily state of readiness to respond in a characteristic way to a stimulus such as an object, a concept, or a situation. What's your attitude? My grandson came over yesterday. He's like, can we play water balloons? Nope. Can we play squirt guns? Yes, but you can't squirt me. That kid does not listen worth a darn. So, you know, we had a talking to to change his attitude. See, sometimes we need an attitude adjustment, amen, concerning the Great Commission. Maybe you haven't had the right attitude but I want you to be prepared for that opportunity when it presents itself. What's the situation? It's the mission. So I'll ask again. What's your attitude concerning the Great Commission? See, we all have opportunities. God will put you in just the right situation at just the right time. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Can we be certain about what God wants us to do? I think the church has been certain for 2,000 years. To go and make disciples. To go and make disciples. Why? Because that's how it goes from our generation to the next generation and to the next generation and to all those that are far off we can be absolutely certain of what God has called us and has commanded us to do. You see, the mission is not complete. The mission is not complete until our leader says it is. It's not complete when we say it is. Oh, I've, I've done my part. I think I've done enough. Our mission's complete when our leader, the King of kings and Lord of lords, says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And until we hear that, the mission is on. Amen? You know, talking about don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. There was a, a group of men, David's mighty men, 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Chronicles, excuse me, 1 Chronicles chapter 12 talks about David's mighty men. They fought with him, spent time with him in the desert, from cave to cave sometimes. And there was a group of men, they were called the sons of Issachar. You see, they understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. These guys weren't prophets or priests 
They were warriors. They hung out with David. They fought alongside David. And yet, they understood the times and what Israel should do. We need that kind of leadership in the church. Amen? See, God's calling those. The only way that they would know that is through the Holy Spirit. The only way that they would know what God was wanting Israel to do was to hear God's voice pointing them in a certain direction. So I say this. Don't act thoughtlessly. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. What the Lord wants you to do. Why? Because we all have the same mission. But He may be calling you to do this. He may be calling me to do this. He may be calling you to do this. To understand the times and the seasons. And what the Lord wants you to do. So with the Great Commission attitude, we influence our closest relationships. Pastor Derek has mentioned this time and time again. That word is oikos. That, that household that you have relationship with. I was telling the, the youth this a couple weeks ago. You have relationships with people that I don't have. And I have relationships with people that you do not have access to. Each of us have this group of people that we can influence and speak into their lives. Maybe they're at work. Maybe they're in your neighborhood. Maybe you're coaching their kids in fill in the blank, soccer, running. I was told by a young lady that she runs three-minute miles. And I told her she should try out for the Olympics. Crystal's, uh, Crystal and Lenny are helping with, they're called Land Sharks. Land Sharks, they're a running group, right? They're a running group. And as some people say, I don't run, so if I'm running, you know something's chasing me. Uh, let, me say, let me tell you something, guys. Those are the oikoses. You, ha you have entrance into people's lives. And when you're coaching them or teaching them or you're friends with them, you have an opportunity that those around you do not have. And so influence those close relationships. That's how, uh, if you don't know my story, I grew up in church, assumed that I would go to a Christian college. Uh, the Christian college I wanted to go to canceled their baseball program. Uh, my sophomore, junior year in high school. So I said, well, that doesn't sound fun. So I went to a different school. You know, life happens, right? Um, came back from college, started working at a place down in security. It's called uh, Schlegelock. And, uh, you know, just living life, not doing what God wanted me to do. I'll just be honest. Uh, and just kind of going through life, checking out boxes, et cetera, et cetera. And this guy shows up and uh, we became friends, started kind of hanging out. And he saw that he had an entrance into my life because of our relationship. He led me back to the Lord. We started doing breakfasts on Saturdays. He started discipling me. Why? Because he used that close relationship that we had gathered in work over, you know, six months, a year of friendship to speak into my life. You have those relationships. Don't miss the opportunity. Understand the times and what the Lord wants you to do. Amen? You have those relationships. Speak into them. Here's what it says in Mark chapter 2. Some man came bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them, four of his friends. They had a close relationship. So they got involved. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. And then, man, imagine, are you digging through my roof right now? Jesus is speaking, right? 
That's the way some of us would do it, amen? Made an opening in the, of the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was laying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he didn't see the man's faith. He saw their faith. They got involved. They used their relationship. Here's what it says. He said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. That man didn't step out in faith. He didn't pray this long prayer. He didn't confess anything amazing. Hadn't given any tithes and offerings. Hadn't done any of that. His friends got involved. And he was healed. I want to tell you something. You have some friends that need to be healed. Use your relationship. Influence where you can. You know, we, this is a, this is a time period of influencers. And I've said this before. Some of these kids, man, that are influencers, it's not that they've been around the block. It's the fact they don't even know where the block is. <laughs> Amen? They're influencers. What are they influencing? We should be the greatest influencers in the world. Because we have been influenced by the greatest influencer of all time, Jesus Christ. Amen? We should be influencing. We should be involved in fill in the blank. Whatever your thing is. Whether it's coaching, whether it's teaching, whether it's praying, whether it's politics. Politics, yes, we should be involved. Why? Because we should be influencing with what God has deposited in us. We should be the influencers. Young adults, teens, you should be the influencers. Not the one being influenced, amen? amen. Influence your friends for Christ. Because it's the greatest thing that anyone can ever be influenced in. Amen? Influence our closest relationship. Here's why. Because God influences everything. There's not a place that God is not. And because He is influencing everything and He pours Himself into us, we can take that and influence others. There's a, uh, I can't remember their names, uh, they're, they're, they're twin girls, uh, and they were playing basketball at University of Miami. University of Miami. Uh, okay basketball players, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, they're playing Division I basketball. You got to be okay, right? Uh, and they decided to give that up so that they could become influencers and models. Really? That's what society has come to? I wish someone would influence them. Amen? With the goodness and the grace and the mercy that God has for them. I just want to finish that Mark chapter 2. And, and I don't have a slide for this, but here's what it says. Now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Thank you for answering your own question. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. So he said to the man, 
I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. And yet the paralyzed man didn't do anything. He was just getting carried around by his friends who are using their influence to affect their closest relationship. You think they had a party after that? Oh yeah. I think if they were close friends, they became really close friends. Amen? They used their influence and changed someone's life for eternity. And not just his. Because the whole crowd got something out of it. The whole crowd was like, what, what just happened? I mean, only God could forgive sins. But Jesus said, well, which is harder? Or which is easier? To say your sins are forgiven? I mean, that sounds pretty easy to me. Or to say, take up your mat and walk. But to show you who I am, go ahead, take up your mat. Go home. Wow. The paralyzed man got blessed, big time. The friends got blessed, big time. And the crowd got blessed, big time. That's the kind of influence that you have with your close relationships. So use it. Amen? This is a whole other sermon in itself. But the I am showed up. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. The I am showed up. Because friends showed up. And when you show up for your friends, I promise you, the great I am will show up. Amen? Number two, a great, with a great commission attitude, we inspire others to embrace the cause. You know, when that gentleman led me to the Lord, he inspired me to get involved. To understand that the world is bigger than just my little circle. That there's a, a calling that's bigger out there than just what I was doing with my life, which was nothing. He inspired me to embrace the cause. And it's changed lives. When you have a great commission attitude, you will inspire others to embrace the cause. The cause of Christ you will influence and you will inspire. Here's what Matthew says. You are the light of the world. Take that in for a second. You are the light of the world. Let me say that again. You are the light of the world. You can inspire someone or a group of someones for the cause. Why? Because you are the light of the world. Now, you didn't light that light. God lit that light inside of you. Here's what the rest of that verse says. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Can't be hidden. It's in view of everyone. 
And that's why it says that you should understand the times and what the Lord wants you to do. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That is your verse. If you're thinking, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. Yes, you can. It's all about you and your. You are the light of the world. Don't put out your light. Don't put something over yourself so that the world can't see your good works. Because when they see that, you go, man, ah, this, guy, this person's different. I don't know what you got, but I want some. And then guess what you get to do? You get to be involved in lighting their light. And I love when we do our Christmas Eve service and it's dark in here. Pastor Derek will you know, light, the, light the Christ candle. And usually two or three, four guys or ladies, we had a lady do it this year, will come up and light theirs. And there's just a little bit of light. And then they start moving it through the crowd on the ends. And then by the, by the time it gets to the back, the whole sanctuary is lit up. That's what it's like when you make sure your light is lit and you light someone else's light by giving them the good news. And then they light a light. And then they light. And then you, it just keeps going and going and going and going. You know, the, the church in Antioch was a pretty powerful church. I want to read from there real quick. I know I've been long the last couple of weeks, so I figured, what's three weeks in a row? You know, what's, what's a couple more weeks? No, I told Pastor Derek, I've been long the last, last couple of times, so I want to go a little shorter today. So we'll see how it all works. Anyway, let me find that. Acts chapter 13. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. Go. You see, Paul hadn't been on a missionary's journey yet. There were no churches in Philippi and Ephesus and Corinth. He hadn't been to those places yet. This church was a five-fold ministry church. It says right here, they had prophets and teachers. They had people who prayed. Obviously, it's a church, so they probably had a pastor. They had evangelists because they were sending them out. This church was a New Testament church. It was changing lives. It was lighting lamps. It was telling people to go and to change the world. And that's Pastor Derek and I's and the staff, and hopefully most of the church. That's our greatest desire. To move with that five-fold ministry, which Pastor Derek has talked about many times, and to send people. Go. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying you got to go overseas. I'm not saying you don't have to. I'm saying we want you to go and find opportunities where you can minister 
to other people no different than the church in Antioch did. To send people. And if you can't go, that's why we're doing the missionary and missionary opportunities. So that you can sow where you cannot go. But you can go somewhere. You can go to your Jerusalem, to your Judea, to your Samaria. And many will go to the ends of the earth. Get involved and go. Get an attitude, a great commission attitude. Number three, a great commission attitude. We impact the world. Here's what it says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Now we talk about Hebrews chapter 11, chapter of faith, the halls of faith. Talks about some of the great Old Testament patriarchs. But it didn't stop there. Oh, there may be a period in the sentence, and just so you know, Greek doesn't have punctuation. So there may be a, may be a period in the sentence, but it does, it's not the end of the sentence. Why? Because there are still great men and women of faith who are moving out from faith to faith. Luther, Wigglesworth, Wesley, C.S. Lewis, Hagen, Roberts, Billy Graham, William J. Seymour, Jack Hayford, great men of faith who are impacting the world or who have impacted others who are now impacting the world. I'd like to hear your name in there. I'd like to hear my name in there. I'd like to hear this church's name in there. Who are moving from faith to faith, impacting the world for Christ. So that it does go from generation to generation. Acts chapter 17. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city. This is the city of Thessalonica. Those who had turned the world upside down have come here also. So Pastor Derek and I are talking about this, and he goes, so what does that mean? I'm like, okay, this has got to be something really deep. I'm using everything I've got. So what does that mean? I'm thinking there, I'm like, my brain's smoking. I mean, I can smell it. I mean, everything's in me going, what does that mean? What does that mean? He goes, that means they went. Oh, yeah. That is what it means. It means they went from this city to this city to this city, and they ended up here. Those who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Also. And when they turn that city upside down, guess what? They're going to go to the next city. In fact, Paul went from this city, Thessalonica, to Corinth. Maybe you've read the books. They went from city to city. That's what God's calling us to do. To go. But to go, you have to have a great commission attitude. It can't be us four and no more. We have to go. There isn't a plan B. You are plan A. Scary, isn't it? That you're plan A? Because when I do something, I want B and C too. Sometimes D. Sometimes all the way to Z. You are God's plan A. He sent His Son to die on the cross. And on the third day, He rose again. Now go take it to someone else. Your plan A. Go. Go. With a great commission attitude, we increase the family of God. From generation to generation to generation. Here's what we proclaim. For God so loved the world. God so loved the world when the world did not deserve it. And we 
didn't either. Amen? But God so loved us that he gave his one and only son. That whosoever, that is a blanket statement. No one will be left out. God desires that all would come to repentance. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. It's not for a select few. It's not for God's special little group over here. It says that he's no respecter of persons. Ephesians 1.5 God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. That was his plan. To adopt us into a family that we did not deserve. That we could do nothing to get entrance into. But to adopt us because he loved us. To adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. He's like, I want to adopt you. I want you in my family. You can't do anything about it. Here's the one thing you can do. Except my son. That's it. Accept my son and you get into the family. Oh, that's that's so restricting. There's got to be like 80 other ways. There's not. I've got to be able to buy it. You can't. Hey, what if I do all these great things? Won't work. What a, what, what, maybe kind of, no. There's only one way. Through his son. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. It gives him great pleasure to adopt us into his family. A family where love is ever abounding. Where compassion is poured out in buckets. Where even when you mess up, and you will mess up, God is faithful and just to forgive us. Do you know, having raised kids, my kids were not perfect. Anybody have kids that are perfect? Don't raise your hand. Because it's not. And God understands that. That sometimes our flesh affects our lives. But He is so loving and caring that when we come to Him and say, no different than when my kids messed up. Dad, I'm sorry. I should have known better. I didn't listen. You were right. Can you say that again? And then what do we do? It's okay, I understand. I've messed up in the past. Let's move forward. You know, that's what God does. When you come to him and say, Father, I messed up. I should have known better, but I didn't. I should have listened to what you said because you were right. Will you forgive me? And he says, yes. Now let's move forward. Amen. 
See, the world needs to understand. We need to tell them through our influence and through inspiring them that life happens. But God is right there waiting for you to come back to Him. You can't do anything special. Well, I'll do, pardon my French, 50 Hail Marys. Or if I give a little more. Or if I pray a little longer. Or God, this week, I'm going to read more than one chapter. I'll make it up to you, God. I'm going to do this. It's not the way it works. It's because of His kindness and His goodness that draws us into repentance. Amen? Why don't we stand? Heavenly Father, You have a plan for us and for our lives. You desire with a godly desire that we go and we take the good news with us. We are definitely not perfect. But we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And because of that, we can step out in faith. We can move and do the things that you've called us to do. We can go to fulfill the mission with a great commission mindset. I would ask you today, what is your attitude toward the Great Commission? What is your Great Commission attitude this morning? Have you heard that call to go and ignored it? Don't. Have you done the call and then stopped? Get started again. Father God, energize us with your power to go do the things that you have called us to do. There is a world that needs to hear about you. We must be wise and understand the times and the seasons. We are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. Don't let us hide it. Church, if you've, if you've hidden that light, if you've extinguished the light, Rekindle it and allow it to be seen by those around you. In your community, in your relationships, wherever God opens a door, an effectual, fervent door, step in. Trusting that He'll give you the words to say at the right time to the right people to change someone's life for eternity. Maybe this morning you're like, I, I don't even have that light. I don't even know what the light is. Maybe this morning you need that light. If you need that light this morning, It would be an honor to pray with you. If you need that light this morning, just raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you this morning. Thank you for that. Let's just pray that this morning as a church. Father, let's try that again. Father, I messed up. You were right. And now I want to step into your family. I accept 
Christ's death on the cross. Who paid the price so that I can be adopted into your family. Accept me today. Forgive me for what I've done. And love on me as only you can. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Have a blessed, blessed rest of your week. God loves you and cares for you. More than you can ever, ever know. Be blessed.